Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Better Parenting Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her innovative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of energy profiling, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol's hope is that you will be able to say, I am a better parent thanks to Carol Tuttle and what she teaches. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. Good morning or good day, some of you, and good evening, because many of you are listening to this as a recording. I'm really excited to announce that we're about to reach 10,000 listens this month. It's uh, July of 2012, and that'll be an all-time high for this podcast. So, thank you so much for tuning in to the live show and for all the thousands of people that actually listen to the recording. I'm very excited. Yesterday I just sent off my book, my manuscript, to my final editor and to the woman that does all my um, design, interior design and, and formatting of the book. We've got a beautiful cover that we've had designed and we have now we're in the final two stages of final editing and layout, design, formatting, and then it goes to press. So that's exciting. And the official title is The Child Whisperer, The Ultimate Handbook for Raising Happy, Successful, Cooperative Children. You can look forward to that being available. We may put it up on Amazon prior to its actual publication date of October, mid-October of this year. We don't have an official date. We know it's October. We have to see how things go in the next few weeks with the, um, um, as we now work in these final stages, and we'll be announcing that, so we're very excited. In the meantime, you have access to all these beautiful recordings to help you become a better parent and learn how to become a child whisperer. So today's topic is how to help clear your children's birth energy, and you may not even know what I'm talking about and why that even matters, so I'm going to give you a little intro on that. Uh, your energy, I am an energy therapist. I've been working in the field of energy psychology for close to 20 years now. So I see the, I'm very attuned and very connected with energy. And energy is our experience in the most quantum state. And your first experience in this world is your birth. And so a certain energetics is set into place. Your birth energy is the experience that you had in your birth that gets imprinted into your into your psyche and between parent and mother and child there's a energetic imprint between you and your children based on their birth now in my case i have one i have four children i gave birth to and one son that i adopt we adopted and in my the case of my third child, my third birth, he had the most um, struggle. And I'm going to use him as an example to kind of give, help you understand what I'm talking about when it comes to the energetics between you and your children. 
and how your birth can tie into that. Their birth can tie into this. Chris was, all my babies were past their due dates. So right away we get into our belief system, whether things are on time or late or early. So that actually sets things up immediately that we have this perception that we carry and then we project onto our children whether about it has an influence on their timing because time is influenced by our beliefs and our thoughts. Time is something that we can affect based on our perceptions, thoughts, and beliefs. And so if you have a belief or perception based on your child's timing according to their due date, that could be definitely affecting the energy. Well, Chris was about a week over his due date. And his labor was very slow and very... It, it just took a lot longer than the, my previous birth. And I made a decision not to use any anesthesia or any drugs. I was going to do it naturally. And I'd done a lot of investment and time and effort, John and Jonathan and I had been to Lamaze classes at the time. That was the go-to for birth coaching and had a great birth coach that helped us really learn to work with the natural rhythm and movement and power of the labor and how to use meditation and how to use breathing. And I felt really well prepared. Now, in Chris's case, he had... We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl because we didn't have the advances in the technology to be able to determine that. So I didn't know I was having a little boy. But in this case, the baby, so before we knew it was Chris, the baby, he was posterior. So he was in, basically, he was turned the opposite direction. So his labor was very difficult. And it got to a point where it wasn't progressing and they told me that if he didn't turn, they would probably have to take him cesarean. So interestingly, they had me start, start to do these rotations from laying on my back, and I was still in the hospital bed, but it was propped up. And I'd have to go to my left side, then I'd go to my hands and knees, and then I'd rotate around to my right side and back to my back. And they had me do that every two contractions. And my husband also gave me a blessing and asked that the baby turn. And after we had gone through several rounds of me rotating, he did flip. And then he, um, it was a lot to push him out, and it was a real a real overwhelming experience and he ended up being almost 10 pounds and they had thought he'd only be about seven, seven and a half because he wasn't that large. And so in the birth process, his collarbone, collarbone snapped and we didn't even know that till his six-week checkup and the doc pediatrician said that some, it will happen to accommodate his body being able to move through the birth canal and out through the cervix. And so I'm handling this type 2 little boy not knowing he's had a snapped collarbone and had a stressful birth. And so his birth energy, what was interesting, when I started to really understand the kind of energetic chemistry this can set up between a parent and a child, a mother and a child, Chris and I would get in as he started to become his own person, and it really manifested when he was a teenager, where he would feel my type 3 energy as a push. And because his delivery had so much pushing involved and so much feeling so confined and overwhelmed and, and struggle, my energy would trigger him. Just my natural type 3 energy would affect him in a way that he would resist me. And he would no longer want to engage with me and I would feel it. 
So in his early teen years, I could tell that I started to become aware that this old birth energy was still running between us. That he was hypersensitive to my energy to a degree that he wouldn't cooperate and we couldn't communicate and he would shut down and want to just not participate with me. And it was just, again, this feeling of trying to get get him to hear me, get him to do something, get him, you know, just like trying to get him born. And I started to notice the energetics of this. And when he would get triggered by my energy, and what I would do in that moment, because I had actually done a lot of clearing work using rapid eye therapy, because it's one of the, they um, that particular modality has a really great process for clearing birth energy. But a another alternative is to use visualization, because your visualiz your thoughts will change the energy. So when I would notice and become aware in these moments of this resistance that was coming up between us, and I could have done this years before, but I didn't have the awareness, see. I could have done it when he was three because there were episodes all through his growing years that this would come up between us, that this energy would get running between us. And I could have used it prior to his teens, but I, I didn't know. I didn't have that awareness. I didn't have the training. I didn't have the insight to be able to act to, to correct it. So at this time I had that awareness, the method I would use to correct it and to shift the energy is I would actually stop talking and I'd listen to him or whatever was going on and I would imagine myself in labor with him in my mind and I'd imagine that he would, my body was giving birth to him effortlessly, easily, I'd imagine myself like in the delivery room and it just took a few pushes and he was born and I would change the story in my mind. I would change from what happened to what was a preferred outcome and in that moment that would change the energy between us. And so I would clear that energy between us in the moment it would come up by the simple method of visualizing an alternative birth scenario that went easily, comfortably, that he felt supported by me, that he was welcomed and invited into the world, that I was there to support him. I had his highest highest good and interest in mind and that would then shift the energy in the moment of our experience together and cooperative energy would start to flow in our experience. Because birth then, rather than being a struggle and me against you and I'm trying to push you and you're not coming, so you could say that the original birth created some scenarios of being uncooperative and the new imagery, my guided visualization in my mind, created a cooperative energy so that we could be cooperating together in our interaction. And it was shifted every time. There's still occasions where I can do that. There's this not very often. It shifted almost permanently, I'd probably say 99%. But there's still opportunities that it may come up and I can do the same thing. And it only takes because it's a quick imagery to use in your mind. It's very quick. Now, some of the interesting birth situations and birth experiences that will develop into energetics that are still lingering in a child's life, and you may look at this in your own life. I actually have on my blog an audio I recorded a while back um, 
I'm going to ask my copywriter, who's probably listening to this, if Kathy can look up that blog post, and she'll put it in the actual. She, I'm really grateful Kathy listens to my shows, and then she writes up a little synopsis that becomes the description for each show after the show's done that we can then post on Blog Talk, and then we also post it on my blog, thecarolblog.com. They have a blog post probably over a year old, that I actually recorded a birth clearing as an audio that you can click on and listen to to do your own clearing for your own birth experience because you might be running some of your old birth energy. And it's really easy to clean that up and get rid of it. And it's not a fault or, you know, it's just the dynamics of human, of being human, we're born, everything has an energetic effect on us. And when we're born, we don't have a whole lot of say about it. And so we just then carry that energy, which becomes influential in the pa- the patterns of our life that begin to develop. Now, I feel from my soul's perspective, it's all perfectly designed to engage us in a life and a life experience that is perfect for our learning and growth that we agreed to, that we actually chose. So see, from your soul's perspective, it's a great way to kind of get get the story going, to engage the experience, you know, that your birth has this perfect uh, platform in which to launch your life. But we live at a time where we don't have to live in the struggle energy and be in all this struggle and resistance that we can clean that up now, release ourselves from it and and be released from it basically and have more ease in our lives. Now I like to mention that doesn't mean you're going to have challenges, but you don't have to have struggle. And if you have not read my book if if I'm gonna um, invite you to read my book, Remembering Wholeness, that you can get at Caroltuttle.com because I actually have a whole chapter on this on birth energy and its effects and of an interesting story of a man that I assisted that had quite the birth story and some of the things that played out for him. And so learn more about this birth energy and releasing it not only from between you and your child, but between you and yourself. And some of the birth scenarios, I just started to begin to say that, um, the posterior can set up a situation or a breach birth can set up the imprint of going in the wrong direction, I never turn the right way, people have to correct me, Uh, going down the wrong path, never doing it right, that's a lot of that, being in the wrong position. Cesarean birth can, you know, set up the scenario of um, have to make life harder than it needs to be, things need to be harder because they didn't do it the hard way, always choosing the harder way so that can that can um set that up if you were an unplanned birth your parents got pregnant without planning you not wanted not planned have to overplan everything um, have to make up for being here you know there there's just all kinds of things that can be imprinted on us and it's easy to clear this stuff you don't even have to know what it is that's what's so awesome about it and so look for the come back to the description or go to my blog later today we're going to have this recording posted on my blog at carol the carolblog.com and there'll be a link to that blog post that has the audio for the birth clearing and you'll be able to resource that. So with that, that's a little information to help you get the energetics going more cooperatively between you and your child. It'd be fun to talk to some of you today about your experience, and I can help you with that to give you some feedback on what's showing up maybe from the birth of your child that's aggravating your relationship today and your ability to influence your children in a positive way. So you can call in with any questions at 347-677-1963.
and then hit the number one twice on your phone so that I can see on my switchboard that you want to come on the show live. And I ask that you call in the next 30 minutes. I'd like to take my last caller at 10 minutes to the hour so that I have a, um, appropriate time, sufficient time to be able to answer your question. So give me a call. In the meantime, I'll take some of my questions that have been submitted via email. You can also send me questions at parenting at liveyourtruth.com. This came in from a type 4 mom, type 2 dad. She has a son that's three and a half years old that's a type 4. She says, hi, Carol. I have two questions, one about bullies and one about babysitters. My son is three and a half years old and a type 4, the secondary 2, so he's very sensitive. Already in his preschool, there is a certain boy who is starting to be a bully. He's telling my son that he can't sit at his table, that he's not big and strong, etc. I've already told the teacher that he is saying these hateful things, but I'd like to know what to tell my son and how to handle this little future bully. I can't always be there to put him in his place. My son is a little too young to use words to hurt, and the other boy is a little bigger than he is, so I'm reluctant to tell him to use any physical means. Okay, that's your first question. Now, it's interesting because if we look at this through the lens of energy, there's a, you know, you have a perception, and I'm not questioning what you're seeing and what's happening, it's that you've already labeled, there's a choice here in your perception. And the choice is, this kid's a bully, and he's a brat, and we got to handle him, we got to put him in his place. And he can't be more than, I mean, unless he's got, there are older children in your son's, in your son's preschool, I'm assuming he's about the same age as your child, which is three and a half years old. Okay, so that's quite a lot to put on a little three-and-a-half-year-old. And it's interesting that this has come up again because it came up recently in another show, this whole idea of bullying and these labels. So right away, and you're putting that label on him and that perception based on how we create and how we create our experiences, which you can learn about in Remembering Wholeness, you're going to attract more of that. You're going to manifest more of this. You're going to create more of what you don't want because you're focusing on what you don't want. And staging and positioning yourself as though you now have to be in the defensive position. Now, the other way to perceive this is, wow, hey, what can we, you know, this little three-and-a-half-year-old or four-year-old is saying these cruel things and feeling this need to control or this pecking order kind of thing with my son. I wonder what's happening to him. Why would he, where is he learning this? This child is, uh, needs some help. This child is really putting out some big red flags that maybe he's getting victimized. Maybe he's having something, you know, this is learned behavior. Children are not, just you're not born a bully. And so I would suggest, I'd offer you the opportunity to go to the teacher and say, rather than to watch this child, say, you know, I'm concerned about this little boy who's behaving this way towards my son because that's such extreme behavior. And it's not appropriate, so... You know, I want to create some boundaries and help my son have some boundaries so that he can learn how to manage himself. And can you please, you know, as the authority in the classroom, as the teacher, um, I want to make you aware of this because this is unreasonable behavior and it's may, you know, I have some concerns for this other child. This behavior is not really uh, in line with a child that young. And to see this child now as someone that needs love, needs support, maybe even needs a friend. What if you're, 
you know, to really go the extra mile, could you even bring yourself to inviting this little boy over to play with your son so they can get on a friendly level? To invite them, invite this little boy to come to a higher frequency of love and cooperation and harmony, you know, to see it as an opportunity to reach out. I mean, he can't do a charm. He's three and a half. And to, I don't, you know, maybe they're not compatible that way, but I'm just offering you another way to see it, to shift it, because love has more power to shift these scenarios than to actually meet him at the same energetic frequency of where he's coming from, you're just going to exasperate the experience by feeding it with the same energetics. It's the, you can't create peace out of war. You can't go to war to create peace. They are, they are not energetically of the same frequency. We tend to, we have this psychological reversal that if we can, it's not, it's not really peace. It's war creates a, um, somebody is dominant, creates, it's hierarchical, it's domination. It's, if we win, then we will dominate, which can lead to peace. Obviously, when you have someone like in World War II, when you've got someone like Hitler, who's like operating in such a low frequency and such a a very, what we'd even call an evil energy, then there's a right, you know, a right to take a stand and have boundaries and say, this isn't okay. We need to stop this. And then from that, we can create peace. We can launch, it can become a launching springboard to some peace to create more peace but energetically those are two different frequencies so gandhi was one of the best examples of how to create peace from a peaceful approach and he he literally he had a powerful powerful impact on the country of india and what he did from a peaceful approach you know so i think a fascinating man to study and how he achieved that and was committed to a peaceful approach and and the role model he was for that. And so those are my two cents on that. Your other question is, my other question regards the babysitter. He loves the girl who babysits him, but he always gets very angry when we leave him with her. I think he feels like we're excluding him or abandoning him. He wants to do everything that we do and gets upset when he can't, how do I communicate to him that sometimes mommy and daddy need adult time without him taking it personally? So if this is a type four, you can approach him with reason and and common sense. And possibly your timing needs to be backed up so that you're telling him sooner and not so close to the events playing out, like in the start of the day. You're going to have to play with that. Does he need to know the day before? Does he need to know the morning of that? when you're leaving that evening and you need to just be as clear as you were to me to say mommy and daddy need our time together and teach him that that's appropriate. When you can reason with a type four, they get it and go, okay, and they understand. And he needs to prepare himself that the babysitter's coming and that you're not excluding him and there's other things you'll be doing with him. So I think that's a simple one to work out, just by the way you communicate with him. I've got a live caller. 801, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. How are you today? I'm good. Who's this? This is Tara. Hi, Tara. Well, in a nutshell, I feel like I'm failing miserably as a parent been a really, really hard couple of weeks, and I just feel like it would be great to talk to you and hear your perspective. I value what you have to say. Well, thank you. So we have we have very big family, big dynamics, type 4 daughter, type 
three type 2 twin 14-year-old boys, type 3 11-year-old boy, type 1 um, 8-year-old, and type 3 6-year-old little girl. And I think my biggest challenge right now is with the younger three. It's like what type are you? I'm a three. Okay. And so I don't, I'm so emotional. I'm sorry. Um, okay. The energy of the younger three is just like bowl you over, big, busy, big, and it's fun, and I, and I I enjoy it most of the time. But then the older three, I mean, there's like a four-year difference between the first group of kids and the second group of kids. Their energy is just a lot more calm. And so we just, right now I'm having problems with, like, helping the the younger three get their jobs done. I want to get up in the morning and be like, okay, it's job time. Everybody do jobs, and then let's move on and have the rest of the day to play. And jobs are taking forever to do. And the older three kids are really frustrated with the intensity and like the one type two son there's never any peace i'm trying to help him get peace without making everyone else sit still and i just feeling really overwhelmed tell me the ages again of the younger three and and tell me okay, so so the oldest is 16 she's a type four you we came in no just the younger three Oh, the younger three. Okay. So the younger three are, there's a little boy that's almost 11, and he's a type three, pretty sure with a secondary one. His energy is, like, giant. Um, Great kid. The next is a little boy, and he is eight, and he is a type one with a pretty strong secondary four. And then the youngest is six, a little girl, and we just barely figured out that she really is a type three. We've been thinking she was something else for a long time, but she's a three. Okay. So that's where we're at. Do they band together? I'm <laughs> um, they, kind of, but most gather? of the time they're fighting. No, I'm kidding. I can just see them. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask you. It's in the middle. It's uh, middle. Well, we're getting towards summer. We're in summer, so they've all been home. Mm-hmm. They've all been home for several weeks now. Well, we homeschool, so they're used to being home, but there's not like oh, a so you're structure. Oh, so everybody home. Yeah, and I mean, I love having everybody home, but right now, while you know, we're just it's summer, and we're I'm trying to let them play more, and we haven't had as much of a structure. Do you yeah. depend on them to do all of the household? Like when you say all the jobs and that, like tell me what is what if you were getting what you wanted, if you were your expectations were being met, what would that look like? Um, oh, we make a list every day. I mean, and it's the same list over and over. The The 11-year-old has stewardship over the family room. The 8-year-old has stewardship over the living room. And and then they have a few other things, their rooms and, and a batch of laundry. So they have a, the same jobs that they do every day over and over. But it's and we every have, day, correct? Yeah, except for Sunday. It's, okay, it's so the it's same thing. out of the week. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you right there. If they have to get up and they're met with that every day, it's too much. Okay. To start their day with that when they're so young, mm-hmm. it's not fun. And they're thinking, this isn't fun, and we're no, not having not fun. fun. And not, you need I... to have at least two days a week that are no job days. I'm serious because they're every day going. I'm. You're like the. This is like boot camp. Yeah, that's. How I feel, feel like, like an army sergeant, and you're the drill sergeant. Yeah, that's how it feels, and, and it's and like I not, hate feeling they're that. They're not way. responding, and it's like they need to have, you know, maybe Tuesday and Friday. It's no job day. <laughs> they're gonna be like pumped. They're gonna be like woohoo. Okay. And you got to just let it go and not care those days and say, you know, yeah, I, I sense with your type threeness, you're so oriented to teaching your children to get things done that this is very important that they have these, um, that they have this ability to. You know, be respons- this, this somehow equates to being responsible. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's, and could you let it go for two days? I could. I could. I, this, the thing that is playing in the back of my head is that I'm, I have not, my whole life, I have not been good at being organized. And and I look around at the house and... But you know, you're it's depending not like, on your children to make up for something that you... See, this yeah. is my, what I'm hit getting right now is you need your children then to make up that difference. So they, and that's unfair. Your inability to keep that show going, you're employing your children. So maybe you need to hire somebody to come in twice a month that just yeah. goes over your house really well and cleans it. Yeah, I and, do. That's a good you idea. Know, you hire somebody? Yeah. Have you ever hired somebody to do no. your house cleaning? No, I've been thinking about it. I've been working hard to make some extra money, and I, I keep putting it off. Even once a I, month, so you get yeah. some sense of, okay, the whole house is clean. Yeah. But then, well, or you need to have somebody come in and help you get rid of stuff and get that's your what house we're so right it's more now. easily managed. Yeah, we're all going through and getting rid of stuff. And, and I, I, I feel like I have failed in teaching myself to be organized and now yeah, but don't make your children make up the difference for that. Right. I think right. that's what you're doing. Yeah, that makes sense. And you've got to not depend on them to be your crew. Yeah. And it's too much. They're waking up every day to the same tedious task. They're rebelling. Yeah. They're going on strike. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> them. I'm kind of... I'm in the children's camp on this one, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell them that. They'll be so they're excited. Little, and they're type ones and threes, and they're like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is good. Yeah, they're not motivated. They're not They're not things there in gate going, yeah, I really care. They don't care. Mm-mm. You know, and so it's just to every day wake up to that. And then if you're getting pushy with them and your type 3 is coming on, it's like, I don't want to even be here because it's like yeah. the whole day gets thrown then. Yeah, it it does. So you might have a meeting and admit uh, with some admissions of saying, you know what? Ask them how they like it. <laughs> yeah, how I do can... you like waking up every day and having to do these chores? Yeah. See how they feel. Give them a voice. Yeah. And then say, really, you don't think we should be doing it? Let them feel like they changed it. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Yeah. Let them feel like they had a say and they, they had influence. And they were able to say, really, you then, then they're going to feel like, wow, our mom listens to us. That's cool. Yeah, that's how I want them to feel. You know, that you're on their side. That you're See, right now they feel like you're against them. So... Uh-huh. Gather everybody together and say, how do you think this is working? I'm really open to your feedback. You know, what if, okay, and then kind of direct them where you want them to go with it and say, well, should we, you know, what if we were to have one or two days a week that were no job days? What do you think? Oh, wow, mom, mom. You know what I'm saying? Then they're going to be more motivated Mm -hmm. the days that that's required. Yeah. That's good. You get like 30, that. you can then employ that to say, okay, if you do really well, then Friday, you know, we're not going to, we get Friday off. If you, because see, you can use that. And then you're working in small increments because you'd say, all right, if we get up Monday and we get it done, Tuesday's a no job day, you can say, all right, Wednesday and Thursday, because then Friday we're not having, you know, we're free. Yeah. And then Sunday's free again, so yeah, yeah. See, breaks so it really, all up neatly. It breaks the week up. And type 1s and 3s need it broken up. I mean, really, do you like getting up for the same routine? I don't do the same thing every morning. I think I'd like to because it's so, you know, you, you just, this whole idea of, okay, if you're really going to be successful, it's about repeating patterns, you know. And I don't yeah. get up at the same time every day. I don't, you know, I typically get certain things done mm-hmm. um, pretty, but... They're not on the same schedule. Like today, I was going to get up and ride my bike before the show. I really enjoyed laying in my bed meditating this morning, and I don't have any any children at home, so I have that luxury now. But I'm going to ride my bike after the show, see? So Mm -hmm. 
I have the power in my life as a type 3 to alter my schedule, but I'll still accomplish the things that are most important to me today. But I have to mix it up. Mm-hmm. And I, I do not like waking up to the same routine every day. It's just not good for me. And I think that'd be true for type 1s and 3s. Yeah. And and so they're... And then your older kids are 2s and 4s. Um, my daughter's a 4 and then a type 3 and then type 2. You might just have her be independent and say, what do you need to do on your own? Because she may get frustrated and be a part of this whole group thing, you know. Yeah, the the they older three are they're more on their own. their own routine. Yeah, they are. They know they have things that they they each have a stewardship. My daughter cooks lunch. One son's in charge of the laundry, and the other son has a few things. And I just I try to just let them. I mean, I'm I'm I appreciate your use of the word stewardship, but that's a little heavy in Is my it? opinion. It's trying to make glorify something to make it yeah. seem like you have. And just, <laughs> to me, it's like don't try and psych them out. It's a chore. Okay. Okay. Just call it a call you know, it what it don't is. make it all spiritual. This, you know, you have this, you know. Yeah. Just, you got chores. It's you yeah. Know, we all have to help run this home. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Don't try and make it more than it is. You know, it's okay. just it's just what it is. Okay. It's nobody, nobody, I don't know anybody that, you know, there's just some chores we don't mind more than others, but I don't know anybody that's lit, that lives to do their dishes or their laundry and think, yeah, you know, that's just the stuff we do in life. Yeah. Teach it, teach it, teach it to them from that real practical place of these are just things we get to do because we choose to have, manage, you know, take responsibility for our what we own and to manage it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, nobody else is calling chores stewardships. So it's like your kids are aware of stuff like that. Like, yeah. Okay, don't try and fool us. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Chore. Okay. Well, so good. good. I'm glad you called. I hope that helps. Yes, it does. Yeah. I'm very excited for your book to come out. We're, Thank we're you. doing, you've helped us in a lot of ways, so. And I would say sometimes you need someone to take all the kids out of the house where you can just get some stuff done. Yeah, I don't get that I'm very not often. Kidding. You need to arrange with your husband on occasion. Hey, you know what, can you just take everybody and I can have two hours to, like, yeah. move around here without anybody <laughs> under my feet. Yeah. yeah. Give yourself some of that because that's hard on a type 3 mom when we don't feel like we can get things done the way yeah. And execute quickly. I well, I realized the other... That was a tip in the book. It's like what ty- what each type of mom needs. I believe a mm-hmm. type 3 mom needs that. Yeah. I realized the other day that I haven't done anything, like, fun that I just want to do in a long time. So I started a little project, and it felt really good to just ignore everybody for a while, go out in the garage and work on repainting my hutch. <laughs> I just needed that. Yeah. Maybe on those no job days can be your project days and say, look, everybody's got to find something to do. You, they can't be messing up the house and they can't be adding to what then work. They all mm-hmm. need to find something that they're going to be doing. Either they can arrange to go to a friend's. Give them that job to say, what are you going to do on our no job days? Our mommy's going to do her project. Yeah. What do you guys want it? You know, you got to. They got to start thinking. They're old enough to start coming up with their own ideas and starting to manage that. Yeah. But you don't have to try and keep them busy those days. You know, that if you're bored, then you didn't. You're not. You know, that's you got to figure out what you're going to do. Okay. Like I'm that. excited. You can have a whole other household here going on. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I need it. Let me tell you. Good. We're going to try it. <laughs> Good. All right. Thanks for calling in. Hey, thanks, Carol. Bye. Bye-bye. If you've got a question, you can call in at 347-677-1963. Another question that was emailed to me. Dear Carol, I've noticed that a lot of type 1 children tend to be very high-strung and practically ping off the walls. This high energy is very difficult for adults to deal with consistently. Is there some effective way to get through to a type 1 child 
that their high energy should be contained in some places or at least greatly subdued. I work in retail, and I have seen this happen several times. The children run around chasing each other to have fun, touch mannequins to the point that they fall over, curiosity of a curiosity of a still human. I guess she's saying the mannequin that they're seeing if it will fall over. Pick clothing off the tables and throw them back down. Push automatic door buttons over and over, etc. I can't believe that a parent should never put their foot down to a type 1 child. I don't understand how to honor their temperament in these kind of situations. A um, couple things here. That sounds like type 3s. <laughs> type 1s definitely can be bouncy and run around, but type 3s are the kids that really get their hands on everything. So either way, I'm not ever advocating to honor a child's nature. You let them, you know, run loose and do whatever they want. That's not my message at all. It's just now how do you how do you handle a situation like this when you know their type, when you know their tendency for higher movement. Now, you're talking about a scenario where the parents are not aware. You know, we're, you're listening to me. You're, you have the awareness because you're aware of the four types. Their parents don't know. Maybe their parents, maybe the parents are type one or a type three. I don't know, but it's appropriate when children are in a space, in my opinion, when they're in a space that's not, I don't think it's appropriate to go into someone's personal home and tell them how they should manage their children. But when their children are in a space that's public space where there's valuables and things get damaged, it's appropriate to set boundaries. We have a retail store. We have children come in all the time because our retail store is in Utah And we have more children 12 and under in the state of Utah than any other state in this country, relatively speaking, for our population um, percentages. You know, we have more children per capita for our size population than any other state in comparison. Obviously, we don't have more than a, a place like California. There's just more people. But relatively speaking, we have the highest percentage based on our population. So we see children all the time. And it's appropriate because if you're the, that's the space they've come into, to talk to the parents and to just uh, ask them to please have their, you know, could you please watch your children so that they're not getting into the merchandise and thank you, you know, it's create a boundary. You know, if we have to do that, we'll talk to someone and say, thanks for watching your kids so that they're not getting into the merchandise. We appreciate that, and thank you for shopping here today. We really appreciate your business. So it's a very proactive way to do that and to set boundaries. Now, for you to say that, you know, again, I can't believe a parent should never put their foot down to a type 1 child. I've never said that. Well, the whole idea, this, there, there's, you're frustrated and angry in the, how this is written because you just feel like these children are running rampant and nobody's creating a boundary. And so to say putting your foot down is to create boundaries and guidelines, I believe that's appropriate. It's just don't tr- expect a, ch- a type 1 child to be a type 4 child. Don't expect a type 3 child to act like a type 2 child or a type 4. See, I'm saying it's that don't turn, parents that don't have this awareness, they're trying to conform, get their children to conform to be someone they're not. So personally, it's a good idea not to take young children of those natures into situations where it's going to be hard to have them behave in a way. You know, you're setting, your, you're setting them up for the need to be disciplined. So that'd be the biggest, the most obvious and the smartest decision was, is this a good place to take my four-year-old type three where there's going to be all these things that look so inv- inviting and engaging? No, it's not the best place to take them. So don't take them. 
because you're just setting a child up to have to be disciplined. So, you know, how do you handle that in a retail setting when parents don't have this awareness? Well, you really don't have that prerogative, so you just get to set boundaries and ask parents to not to watch their children and to manage their children. And rather than getting mad at them, just create a boundary. So I hope that helps because I don't suggest that type, you know, honoring a child is just allowing them to do whatever they want. I've never suggested that at all. Here's a question. Hi, I'm a type 4, one mom of two girls, ages three and a half, a type 1, and a two-year-old type 4. Sometimes I feel like I need to stop and think, and so I need quiet and let nobody speak to me or speak to me. But my oldest daughter, who I think is a type 1, feels that, and that's when she wants more attention, and she wouldn't let me be alone to myself. It's funny talking about it, but when it happens, I shout a lot. Can you help me deal with that? Again, this is timing, and this is is your child. She is the oldest girl. She's very young. She's only three and a half. So if she's playing and engaged, or maybe she's got a fun cartoon that she's watching, and she's engaged in something, you're free to then take some solitary time. I think what's happening is she's reading your energy is that you get worn out by her and you need a break from her and then she feels this unspoken energetics of rejection. So it needs to be done in a very proactive way that's supportive and honoring of her because you do need a break from her and maybe you even need to have somebody tend her or have her go play at a friend's house that you need to manage that so that you actually put into your week two or three spaces of time where you have some downtime and some alone time. Because I've said in a recent radio show, your children's energy can be overwhelming and you do need space and you need a break from it. That doesn't make you a bad parent. But because you're not proactive in creating that for yourself, you can resent her and get overwhelmed and then get frustrated with her energy She'll feel that, and then she'll get needy, and she'll want get clingy and needy because she doesn't want to be rejected by her mom. And so be proactive. Create scenarios that you will get what you need, and you can have a break from her, and that you can, and even from your other daughter, she's a type 4, so she might need a break from it as well. That's okay. So be proactive. I've offered some suggestions on how you can do that and get the um, space that you need. That's have another question. live caller. Hi, at 502, you're live on the show. Hi, I'm Rachel from Kentucky. Hi. This Hi. is amazing to actually talk to you. I've listened to so many of your blogs, and it's been a life-changing thing. Thank you. Really. It's so helpful because to find out I have a type 1 son who's 4 now, uh-huh. And I'm a type two <laughs> to figure out why I had a problem so much with him. Um yeah. has been eye opening. <laughs> oh good. But there's one thing that I've been struggling with, um, and I don't know how to handle it. He is so type one that he gets so excited. He loves superheroes. <laughs> yeah. And he's so imaginative and I try to help him, you know, run with that and not just be quiet or you're not a superhero you can't you know have that fun but there are some times when I know he needs to wait for something and I don't know how to help him wait for it and give me an example honor him give Um, give me an example of having to wait for something so I have it in context well he um, he's always quite demanding when we go to a store or if he sees something that he really likes or a friend has a toy or something that he really wants to play with to wait and either share that toy or wait for his turn or 
understand that he can't have every toy right now. Mm-hmm. So well, if he likes superheroes and superheroes have powers, how old is he again? He's four. Okay. He's old enough to understand this. The superheroes have powers, and some of uh-huh. those powers are having to... Um, powers of waiting, powers of taking turns. I mean, make it into the... Have him come up with a creative way to be able to practice that where it's more fun. Could it be something really short-term, or how far can I extend him to have to wait for something? Well, waiting for a turn usually is fairly short-term, or maybe it's just not his toy and he's not going to play with it. And draw on your, you know, it's just a way of talking to him to say, draw, I mean, everybody has these abilities. He has ability to be patient. He has ability to wait, to to learn to sit still at times, um, to go without something. That's just part of us, our experience. And so just I'm suggesting you use a language that he can have fun with it. And if he's really into the superhero thing and being creative with that, um, use that as a way to communicate it and start to play with that with him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just so it's more it's more inviting for him to participate in learning those things. The more more game, more fun. Let him be a superhero. <laughs> yeah, and just say superheroes don't always get everything they want. <laughs> superheroes have to wait their turn too. What superhero are you today? <laughs> He'll probably enjoy that so much. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Just play with it kinda of, and that's a that's he'll he'll relate to you in that place right now. Like, okay. Okay. Superhero needs to <laughs> Just try it and see how he takes to it, you know, and say, well, okay, and what's what would a, you know, does he pretend he's a superhero? All the time. Yeah, then ask the superhero. I'm not William. I am Captain America today. Okay, well, Captain America, he lets other, you know, teach him from that place then. Captain America, well, Captain America, you need to wait your turn. Because Captain America has a lot of patience. We'll try it out. We'll see how fun we can make it. I mean, it. it's not it's not so natural for you, but go with it because it's what speaks to him. Yes. Yeah. Like here. <laughs> so I'll, right, I'll let you go help Captain America out. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Bye. See you later. So it's interesting, when you get on um, children, if there's a pattern, we'll have to talk about that on another show, the pattern of when children get upset and start getting demanding when you're on the telephone. Um, that That's time. We're, we're out of time today. Thanks, everyone, who sent their questions to Parenting at Live Your Truth and for those that called in today. There will not be a live show for the next two weeks as we're uh, wrap, move. I can't believe it. It feels like summer just started, and it's like we're more than halfway through it, moving into August. And due to some travel, I'm going to be at a family reunion with my own children next Tuesday and enjoying my own family next Tuesday. So we'll invite you to listen to one of the recorded shows. There's a lot of great shows to listen to. And looking, uh, if you're not, if you've not, if you're not on our Dressing Your Truth email list, go to dressingyourtruth.com. And subscribe to our free course where you can get the beauty profiling course for free because we're going to be sending out a very important email tomorrow. Look to your email inbox tomorrow for an important announcement about a a really exciting event that we're hosting online that you will want to be a part of. So go to DressingYourTruth.com. The beauty profiling course, online course, is now free. You can subscribe to 
receive that right on the page. And also we're going to be sending a really awesome announcement tomorrow about an online event for everyone that's on our in our I think it may be going to everyone in the Carol Puddle world, but you may not know about the free brute beauty profiling, so that's good I announced that. So I will talk to you again live in a couple of weeks. In the next two weeks, please enjoy a recorded show and thank you so much for tuning in today and for your intent to be a better parent. For more information on Carol's revolutionary energy profiling system and her natural healing methods, go online to Carol's blog at www.thecarolblog.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking energy profiling book, It's Just My Nature, and her best-selling energy healing book, Remembering Wholeness. That's www.thecarolblog.com for all of Carol Tuttle's amazing resources. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Better Parenting Show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being part of today's show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.